Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to tonight's edition of Not So Mad Science here on the Black Hole Radio Network. Once again, and as always, coming to you live from the city of Detroit, Motown. Just because Barry Gordy took Motown records to L.A. does not mean Detroit has lost its soul. And as you all know, I never play anything that doesn't have a particular purpose or meaning. The world is definitely, definitely in need of God's mercy today. So I open tonight's program with 
Marvin Gaye's Oh Mercy, Mercy Me, because we are all in need of his mercy and beneficence. So before I get into some of the supplements and other things relevant to COVID, I want to get into the world of farming and the things needed to run a good farm, the pesticides and these things. And I want to share some information that I came across with respect to the Bill Gates Foundation. Recent In recent weeks, world leaders wrapped up the UN Climate Summit in Glasgow, Scotland. New scientific research showed that there is still a great deal of magical thinking about the contributions of fertilizers and their relationship to global warming. Billionaire so-called philanthropist, Mr. Bill Gates, said the retreat from science in his book. Mind you now, Bill Gates is not a scientist in the traditional sciences as we understand them. Chemistry, biology, physics, in these areas, though I would call him a scientist of the finagling of words and lies. So he fed them from his magical book, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. Earlier this year, to me this phrase of uh, to that fertilizer is magical, he confesses. Nitrogen fertilizer in particular. All those who are into farming, eyebrows and their ears and the hairs on the back of their neck begin to stand up when they hear about this term, nitrogen fertilizers. Under a photo of a big smiling Bill Gates is a Yara Fertilizer Distribution Warehouse in Tanzania, Africa. He explains that to grow crops, you want tons of nitrogen, way more than you would ever find in a natural setting. People have been farming for millions of years, cultivating crops without the advent or the addition of additional nitrogen and other chemicals for their crops to grow. Not only does nitrogen, additional nitrogen not needed, but in the world of climate change, climatologists will tell you nitrogen makes things much worse. That last part at least is true, and new research suggests that climate impacts of excessive use of nitrogen fertilizer is much worse than previously estimated. Researchers have estimated that the nitrogen fertilizer supply chain is contributing more than six times anything else to greenhouse gases, 
produced by the entire commercial aviation sector. By all accounts, food and agriculture are barely on the agenda of the UN Climate Summit, even though food systems contribute to about one-third of the greenhouse gases. Direct emissions from food production account for about a third of that, with the principal source being livestock, mostly methane and manure emissions. Some leaches off the soil or volatilizes into a gas when it's supplied. The cumulative effect is the release of nitrous, nitrous oxide, which is a greenhouse gas, which is 260, 265 times more potent than carbon dioxide. Three scientists working with Greenpeace, the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy, and grain have carried out the first comprehensive life cycle analysis of nitrogen fertilizer emissions. They used improved data on direct field emissions and incorporated emissions from the manufacture and transportation of nitrogen fertilizers. Manufacturing, which relies heavily on natural gas accounts for 35% of total nitrogen fertilizer greenhouse gases. The new estimates, which are preliminary as they undergo peer review, are 20% higher than those previously used by the UN. Not surprisingly, the largest emitters are the largest agricultural producers, China, India, North America, and Europe. Per capita basis, though, the largest emitters are the big agricultural exporters, North America or the United States, Canada, Brazil, Argentina, Australia, New Zealand, and all of Europe combined. All of this is taking Africa, the most fertile land on the planet, in the wrong direction. Africa is still not a large fertilizer user, with application rates low, about 15 kilograms per hectare acre, but rising rapidly with the recent Green Revolution campaign. While Gates essentially dismisses the climate impact from fertilizer as a necessary evil to achieve the greater good of food security, evidence is growing that the Green Revolution approach is failing on its own terms. My research shows that in Alliance for a Green Revolution in Africa, 
13 focus countries, yields were not growing significantly, and the number of undernourished people has increased 31%. According to the new fertilizer research, the Alliance for Green Revolution in Africa, or AGRA, is taking Africa in the wrong direction. Globally, the use of nitrogen fertilizers is projected to grow between 50% and 138% by 2050. Africa is projected to see at least a 300% increase in the next 30 years. It will be far greater if Mr. Bill Gates has his way. The climate climate implications of that development path are worrisome. A 300% increase means 2.7 million tons, metric tons more, of nitrogen fertilizer in Africa in a fertile land that does not need it, with field emissions estimated at 2.65 metric tons of greenhouse gases per ton of nitrogen and another 4.35 tons from production and transportation. Total emissions are more likely like 7 tons of greenhouse gases per ton of nitrogen fertilizer. So by 2050, a 300% increase in Africa's fertilizer use would mean adding about 19 metric tons of greenhouse gases per year more than it emits now. And they're already climbing the blues about a hole in the ozone layer. Because greenhouse gases accumulate in the atmosphere and nitrous oxide persists for more than 100 years, Africa will have contributed an additional 284 metric tons of greenhouse gases by 2050 if fertilizer use increases 300%. Mind you now, this is a fertile land that does not require it. If Mr. Gates, who is not a farmer, who is not an agribusiness scientist. He is not an agrarian. He is not a chemist. He is not a biologist. He was just a man who was very good at making money off the pain and suffering of other people. And he wants to determine how much fertilizer is used in a very fertile land. 300% increase. That is an amount nearly equal to the annual emissions of the the entire commercial aircraft aviation industry. What Mr. Gates is promoting is climate stupid agriculture. Bill Gates is just plain wrong. When he says the only way to grow food is with synthetic fertilizer. Crops need nitrogen. 
and in many areas, they can get most or all of what they need from improved agroecological farming. Globally, with improved nutrient management practices, there could be a 48% reduction in synthetic fertilizer use with no reduction in the cereal or grain yield, according to articles in Nature magazine and the Nature the uh, Nature periodicals written by scientists. The scientists who authored the new report make three recommendations to reduce greenhouse gases associated with nitrogen fertilizer use. All, not one, not some, but all, call into question Mr. Gates' Green Revolution model for Africa. One, he doesn't live there. They identify this. Select a model of agriculture that does not depend on synthetic fertilizers. Synthetic fertilizers. Let's look at that in another term. Of foods that are produced that are genetically modified organisms. It is a synthetic food. Foods that bear no seed producing capability is synthetic. Therefore, its nutrient production is synthetic, which means you don't get the value of what you think you're eating. So, select a model of agriculture that does not depend on synthetic fertilizers. Intercropping with nitrogen-fixing crops has been shown to increase yield and improve the soil. Nitrogen-fixing crops, plant life, that naturally adds nitrogen to the soil. Reintegrate livestock into crop farming and rotation so more nutrients and manure are returned to the land. Less than half of that is done now, provided through synthetic Fertilizers. Limit the growth of industrial livestock production and consumption. Three quarters of the nitrogen fertilizer worldwide is used to produce livestock seeds. That means when you buy a steak, you're buying a synthetic steak. Why? Because it is fed off a synthetic crop that the cattle eat. Therefore, their meat is not the meat that you think it is. The science is clear. African farmers are right when they call the green revolution promoted by Mr. Bill Gates and his money. Climate, stupid agriculture. And this is not so mad science here on the Black Hole Radio Network. 
Give me 30 seconds and I'll be right back. And we're going to jump down feet first with spikes on our feet, foot in our shoes into the depth of the COVID vaccine. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Once again, given the time, since I was not able to get on the air last week, I came across some more data where it is documented that both Anthony, I'm a fraud Fauci, and Bill, I'm a con artist gate, both admit to the ineffectiveness of the COVID vaccine. So in two recent interviews, pandemic thought leader Dr. Anthony Fauci and Mr. Bill Gates drastically changed their opinion on COVID vaccine effectiveness. And they used their newfound concern to trick you What did their brother Malcolm say? You've been had. You've been tricked. You got hoodwinked. Well, the game has not been changed. They use their newfound concern to push these booster shots on you for the global world population. Two weeks ago in an interview with Jeremy Hunt, At London's policy exchange, Mr. Gates admitted that many, including the Lancet, have been saying these things for months, that vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine specifically, aren't effective. Mr. Gates, who previously referred to the effectiveness of the mRNA vaccines as magic, told Mr. Hunt, and I quote, we need a new way of doing the vaccines, end quote. Only days after Mr. Fauci echoed similar sentiments during a New York Times podcast interview, Mr. Fauci said, the COVID vaccine's effectiveness against infection, hospitalization, and even death for all age groups is waning to the point where booster doses will become essential for everyone. Is that right? The Fauci said, and I quote, I think the boosting is going to be an absolutely essential component of our response. Not a bonus, not a luxury, but an absolute essential part of the program. Well, hell, Mr. Fauci, when you first got on this train, you were saying two shots and we're done. Now you're going to, you're saying it is a lifetime of boosters. But as we go on tonight, I'll share evidence 
that as death approached the million mark, that the boosters doesn't help. Fauci said authorities are observing vaccine waning, quote, involving all age groups, making his case for a wider booster program. He told this to the New York Times that vaccines are, quote, waning to the point that you're seeing more and more people getting breakthrough infections and more and more of those who are getting breakthrough infections are winding up in the hospital, end quote. A week ago, United Kingdom Prime Minister Boris Johnson similarly spoke of widening the UK's COVID booster program. And I quote him, getting three jabs or getting your booster will become an important fact. We will have to adjust our concept of what constitutes a full vaccination. He told this to the Britain. The mainstream media is also priming the public for an unknown number of additional COVID shots. Sunday last week, Bloomberg magazine and our periodicals reported, quote, it may turn out that the term booster is a bit of a misnomer and that the correct number of shots for maximum efficacy is yet unknown. If Gates and Fauci coordinated their COVID vaccine messaging to manufacturer consent for wider uptake of COVID vaccines through booster programs, it wouldn't be the first time the two have collaborated closely on vaccines. Now, things are starting to get a little thick now here, isn't it? Recently, Robert Kennedy Jr. in his book, the real Anthony Fauci, he explores the carefully constructed Pharma Fauci Gates Alliance and details how, and I quote, Gates and Fauci engaged in almost daily communications throughout the lockdown and coordinated virtually every decision about the COVID-19 countermeasures with each other. Does it sound conspiratorial, like there's a conspiracy going on here? Because it certainly sounds like one to me. But the rabbit hole gets deeper. It gets much deeper. As I mentioned, reports of injuries after getting the COVID vaccine is nearing the one million mark. The CDC, the FDA, with full knowledge of this, have cleared Pfizer and Moderna booster shots for all adults. 
the Center for Disease Control and Prevention released their new data showing a total of 894,145 adverse events. That's what's been reported. That doesn't count for the non-reported events to the VAERS system. 894,000 reports between December of 2020 and November 12th of 2021. Mind you now, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System is the primary government-funded system for reporting negative results from the vaccine. That data included a total of almost 20,000 reports of death after vaccination, which is an increase of 392 over the previous week. 139,000, almost 140,000 reports of serious injuries, including deaths during the same time period, which is up 3,726 compared to the previous week. So excluding foreign reports to the adverse event reporting system, 654,413 events, which include the 8,664 deaths, the 54,962 serious injuries were reported in the U.S. between December 14, 2020 and November 12, 2021. Foreign reports are reported are reports received by U.S. manufacturers, not to the government, but to the manufacturers from their foreign subsidiaries. Under U.S. Food and Drug Administration regulations, if a manufacturer is notified of a foreign case report that describes an event that is both serious and does not appear on the product's labeling, the manufacturer themselves is required to submit to the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. Do they do that? No. Does that mean the data is not available to be found? No again. Of the 8,664 U.S. deaths reported as of November 12, 10% occurred within 24 hours of vaccination. 15% occurred within 48 hours of vaccination and 26% occurred in people who experienced an onset symptom within 48 hours of being vaccinated and died sometime thereafter from the already exist pre-existing conditions that the vaccine exacerbated. In the United States, 436.9 million COVID vaccine doses have been distributed and given as of November 12th. How much money 
is being paid per shot by the government to these big pharmaceutical companies with 254.5 million doses coming from Pfizer, 166.3 million going to Moderna, and 16.1 million going to Johnson & Johnson. The per shot cost and the amount of money that these companies are making is enormous. Now, triple and in some cases quadruple that in terms of getting a booster shot. Is this about the American people's health and overcoming the vaccine, the uh, COVID uh, virus, or is this about money? I've always heard as a youngster growing up, you want to find out where the problem is, follow the chain of money, and you will find the people behind the problem. Just follow the money. Two weeks ago, U.S. data for 5-year-olds to 11-year-olds showed that 1,426 total adverse events, including nine rated as extremely serious and one reported death thus far, occurred, which occurred in an 11-year-old child from Georgia who was vaccinated on September 14th, prior to the authorization of the Pfizer COVID vaccine to 5-year-olds to 11-year-olds. 1,426 problems. 444 adverse events were reported in 5-year-olds to 11-year-olds since November 1st. The rest of the reports to the various for children in the 5 to 11 age group occurred prior to the authorization of the Pfizer COVID vaccine and are due to produce a product administered to patients of inappropriate ages. Last week, U.S. data for 12-year-olds to 17-year-olds, 23,105 total adverse events, including 1,429 rated as very serious and 30 reported deaths. The most recent death included a 16-year-old child from Missouri who died after receiving her second dose of Pfizer. Other notable reported deaths was a 17-year-old female from Washington who died on October 29th of a heart condition after receiving her second dose, a 12-year-old from South Carolina who hemorrhaged 22 days after receiving Pfizer's COVID vaccine, and a 13-year-old child from Maryland who died from a heart condition 15 days after receiving her first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. In that 12 to 17-year-old age group, there are 15 reports reports of anaphylaxis where the reaction was life-threatening and required treatment or resulted in death with 96% of cases 
attributed to the Pfizer vaccine. 559 reports of myocarditis and pericarditis, which is heart inflammation either on the interior, interior heart muscles or the exterior heart muscles. With 549 of those cases coming virtue of the Pfizer vaccine. There are 134 reports of blood clot disorders with all of those cases coming from the Pfizer vaccine for children 12 to 17. And this last week, from December 14th to November 12th of 2021, in all age groups combined, 19% of all deaths were related to cardiac disorders. 54% of those who died were male, and 42% were female. With the remaining death report did not include the gender of the deceased. As of now, up to November 12th, 4,362 pregnant women reported major issues and events related to the COVID vaccine, which includes 1,376 reports of miscarriages or premature births. Of the 3,158 cases of Bell's palsy reported, 51% of those were attributed to Pfizer, 41% to Moderna, and 8% to Johnson & Johnson. Now, don't be fooled. Don't think that Johnson & Johnson is better because it has a smaller percentage. No, they just sold fewer fewer shots. That's all it is. Ratio-wise, all of them are on the high side of 65% adverse events reported as a result of taking their vaccine. 743 reports of the Julian Barr syndrome, with 42% coming from Pfizer, 31% from Moderna, and 27% from Johnson & Johnson. 2,125 reports of anaphylaxis, where the reaction was so bad it was like threatening and required immediate treatment before death occurred. 11,058 reports of blood clotting disorders. Of those, almost 5,000 from Pfizer, 4,000 from Moderna, and 2,100 from Johnson & Johnson. 3,000 reports of myocarditis and pericarditis with 2,000 roughly attributed to Pfizer, 1,000 to Moderna, and 130 cases to Johnson & Johnson. Yet, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorized 
Moderna and Pfizer's COVID booster for all adults. The agency made its decision without input from its own advisory committee, whose members on September 17th voted 16 to 2 against recommending boosters, citing a long, a lack of long-term data and stating the risk did not outweigh the benefits. Hours after the FDA announced this decision, the CDC Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices signed off with a unanimous endorsement. The CDC's Advisory Committee said 18 to 49-year-olds may get a booster, but people 50 and older should get one shot and one shot only. What is the difference? between 18 to 49 and 50 and older. What physical changes are taking place in the body? What chemical differences are taking place in the body? Where they're saying if you're 50 or older, only take one shot. And if you're 49 and under, you can take three or more. There's something wrong. Speaking for the FDA, Dr. Peter Mark, head of the agency's Center for Biologic Evaluations and Research, he said in a statement, and I quote him, the FDA has determined that, the concurrent, that currently available data support expanding the eligibility of a single booster dose of the Moderna and Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine to individuals 18 years of age and older. Dr. Paul Offit, director of the Vaccine Education Center at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and an FDA advisory panel member, took issue with how the FDA arrived at its decision. In an email to the Epoch Times, Dr. Offit said, quote, I think it would have been of value for the public to hear an open discussion about the need for boosters. I wish we had had the chance to discuss this publicly before a decision was made. The FDA said it did not hold a meeting because, quote, the agency previously convened the committee for extensive discussion regarding the use of a booster dose of COVID-19 vaccines, and at the review of both Pfizer's and Moderna's emergency use authorization requests, the FDA concluded that the request did not raise questions that would benefit from additional discussion by committee members. This is inherently wrong, brothers and sisters, and let me tell you why. They took the word of the manufacturer and did not do the homework themselves to confirm or deny whether or not the request in the emergency use authorization was dangerous. They took their word for it and they did not do the work themselves. And they ignored 
the counsel of their own advisory panel as to why they should not do it. And it's the advisory panel that worked for the FDA that gave them caution. Pfizer and BioNTech requested authorization two weeks ago about submitting the results of a phase three trial involving more than 10,000 participants. Moderna resubmitted its application for its 50 microgram booster dose for all adults just two days, excuse me, nine days ago. The company said that the FDA based its decision on on the totality, totality of scientific evidence shared by the company. Again, they did not do their own damn homework. They don't shake the hand of the snake that wants to bite you because he extends it. You you nod your head, look, I know you're there, but I got to check you out before I let you bite me. How stupid can you be? This is not so mad science. With your host, Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. And I think I'm going to bring everything to a stop right here and do a two and a half to three hour show next week because I'm starting to get really, 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 really pissy. So before I bring this to a close, I want to jump ahead to something that happened just this week. And close out after that because in street parlance, the shit is getting real. When you take into account the Dr. Anthony Fauci, Mr. Bill Gates, and other multinational companies, and billionaires all sit on a panel for global depopulation. Because in their words, there is insufficient food to feed the number of people on the planet. We need to ask the question, what qualifies these people? What qualifies Mr. Gates other than money? What qualifies a multinational corporation to determine what is in the best interest of the people of the planet other than how they make their money? And believe me when I tell you, God makes no error. For however many people there are on the planet, there is an ability to feed the people if you stop pumping your poison into the ground and sucking the nutrient life out of the damn food and allow us to eat good quality food where we can get the health benefits from what we eat. So in the immortal words of that great master teacher, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, 
Let us learn how to eat to live. This is not some mad science. And I'm your host, Brother Harold Muhammad, here on the Black Hole Radio Network, prayerfully and hopefully saying that anything I shared with you today that I did not get to share today, I will definitely, I promise you, in two and a half hours, share it next week. I'll get into the details of vitamin C and other supplements that we need in our body to fight off this this scourge from heaven. So let it be written. So let it be done. And if Allah be willing, I will be here with you to share that information and other news relevant to COVID-19 and the global food shortages here on Black Hole Radio Network. So I leave you as I always do in the immortal words of Adam Clayton Powell Jr., that great black pastor of the Abyssinian Baptist Church in New York. Keep the faith, baby. Keep the faith. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.